closet. And set her free. Ow! <laughs> so she broke in the closet. Let her out so she can breathe. I don't even know if that those are the lyrics. I literally just. It sounded. Right. It is. It is. It is. And fun fact. Okay. Fun fact: that mm. song was written about me when I used to record in the closet. Remember that? Oh, that's true. Haven't we already yeah. sung this here before? No. Are you sure? If we have, then I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we're gonna have to start repeating songs sometime. Yeah, especially because like eh. we only only have so many countries to go through, and we always try <laughs> to sing. We do our best to sing the song we that corresponds to the country of the case. I don't know if mm. you all have ever noticed this or if you care, but yeah. we, we try. We make an effort. Although so. sometimes it's just not nothing to do with anything. Yeah, sometimes so. we're just like, we can't think of anything. We'll just sing What's whatever. in our minds, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hey friends. Hello. Welcome, Welcome to Suspiria. A true crime podcast. That is Stephanie. And I'm Carol. Yes. Yes. Um, and... Carol used to record in the closet, and I am recording underneath my snuggle blanket. Remember remember the snuggle commercials? Mm-hmm. This is one of those blankets. I called in and ordered one of them. You ordered yeah. a snuggle? I didn't know, because yeah. it's like a, a monkey prince. Yeah. That's I've really had nice. this for 11 years, I think. Wow. Or 12. Yeah, I've had it for a long time. But it's so good, because like, it has sleeves. Dude, it's so they good. Right? People make fun of it. My family, we came to the United States, like mm-hmm. traveling. We saw the snuggles at, snuggies at Walmart. We saw it. We bought it. We took it back to Brazil. We were the only family that had the snuggies. We didn't go out See? in public with them, but they were really good. <laughs> Listen, they yes. are really, really good. They are. Um, they're totally worth I it. I want and one now. Not for nothing. For the price that I paid for that. Well, my mom. Um, I think it was like $20 <laughs> plus taxes and it's lasted me over 10 years so how bad is it if i crochet myself a snuggie i think you <laughs> should do that i probably i should. think you should crochet me a snuggie and okay then i'll do that give me that as a christmas present okay i was gonna make so stephanie the other months. stephanie uh the thong and i'm gonna make her a thong and you a snuggie yeah yeah okay if you don't know who the other stephanie is go listen no one to knows. other podcasts yeah exactly <laughs> so y'all welcome to suspiria true crime podcast welcome. about latin america yada 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 mm-hmm. bet you thought you'd seen the last of us but we told you we told you we would be back we're not we're no longer telling you when though because no. life happens kara's Whatever busy kara's yes. a busy mom of a cat yeah and she has things to do in her life mm-hmm. and i'm in law school so I clearly have nothing better to do than to uh, record a podcast. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's... we'll try to show up here at least once a month. Yeah. Uh, I know that you're listening to this on October 1st, um, and we didn't put out anything in September. But pretend that today's September 31st. Mm-hmm. Just pretend. It and is, though. We're good. Chess is pooping in the background. She Chess literally pooping. just pooped. Chess is pooping and I am living vicariously through her because I have um, constipation, really bad constipation. <laughs> anyway, uh, so today 
we are going to cover a non-Brazilian case. We will be shifting the focus away from Brazil. <laughs> and we'll talk about a case that shocked Colombia. It was the murder of young Carlos Andres Gonzalez. Why did I say Carlos like a fucking gringo? <laughs> Carlos Andres Gonzalez, also known as El Nino Mariachi, aka the Mariachi Boy. Um, this is like a very recent case, but I honestly don't think he got the coverage it deserved. Um, I don't remember how I came across this. But I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking about this. And it was a pretty big case um, when it happened. But uh, just to put things into context, at least from what I saw um, in the documentaries and all of that uh, related to this case, apparently Colombia, especially like the lower income neighborhoods, they had, at least at the time, I don't know if it's still true, listeners in Colombia, feel free to mm-hmm. let me know. But they had a big problem with um, teenagers and young adults being murdered, like at a really high rate. So maybe I feel like this might have gotten buried among the pile because like their statistics, I think it was like over 500 um, youth that were murdered a day or something like that. Um, Yeah, so it was like, I I don't know if it was a day or a month, but it was like, it it was a really high number. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> sources for today's episode come from no, the sources don't come from anything. Well, the episode comes from the sources. You guys got it. <laughs> Chronicas RCN, Testigo Directo, Vanguardia, El Heraldo, El Tiempo, Canal RCN, El Spectador, Radio Santa Fe, El País, Hoy RCN Radio, and Caracol Radio. Carlos Andres Gonzalez Zapala was a 14-year-old Colombian boy with big dreams. He was the fourth of five children, and he found his calling in the ranchero music at the age of five. Yeah. Pause. It is so these, cute. Dude, these mariachi kids, they're so cute. You know, and like, th- there's videos of him oh. singing when he was five, and he was oh. so passionate. I'm like, oh my God, I Jeez. want to squeeze him. Mm-hmm. Carlos was born and raised in the barrio Turbayayala, which even police have called the most dangerous barrio of Bogota. However, his mother Maria said that the violence in the neighborhood was more of a modern problem as she was the one as she was one of the first residents of the sector and saw it grow into something very, very different than what it initially was. Which is something that unfortunately happens a yeah. lot. Uh in lower income neighborhoods uh, mm. i'm gonna use brazil as an anecdote because i've only yeah, lived in brazil and here in the yeah. u.s but like a lot of low income neighborhoods in my hometown for example were totally like chill mm. in the 80s and 90s and then at the turn of the millennium they just became like pits of violence so yeah the same way um, that happens like the other way around like sometimes very violent neighborhoods yeah gentrified. come out of it yeah, gentr- yeah, but not only with gentrification. Like sometimes, like it just moves someone else somewhere else. The violence. So yeah. So the family comes from very humble origins. Uh, their house is made of planks and tiles tied up together. Um, very, very like a tiny little house. His mother's room was lined with gift wrapping paper mm-hmm. uh, to protect them from the cold during the rainy season. 
you can see all of that in the documentary. Uh, there's a carpet that separated the beds from the earth floor. They did like the floor wasn't even Not like linoleum oh. or anything. It was just mm -hmm. ground. And the walls, uh, on the walls, hung the mariachi sombreros mm. that he collected. And a lot of them were too small for him because it was from when he was little. But he still kept them. Uh, he dreamed of one day recording an album. And he told his mom when he was five, he told her, I'm going to sing. Watch out because I'm going to buy you a house and no one else will be able to humiliate us. Isn't that so fucking cute? It's sad. It, it's really sad to have like your kids tell Stephanie, you that, but like Stephanie, we're like priorities. seven lines in, and I already want to cry. This yeah. kid's gonna get murdered, man. Yeah. So his mother made a living selling chips, gum, and cigarettes on the street, mm -hmm. and whatever money she had left from her modest income, she would use to have mariachi outfits made for him, mm. under one condition that he needed to go to school with his younger sister, Carol, mm -hmm. <laughs> Carol, <laughs> because studying was the only thing that would take them out of poverty. That's mm -hmm. what she told them. And um, I don't want to make it sound like his dad wasn't in the picture, uh, just because his bond with his mom was way mm -hmm. stronger. Yeah. But his dad was, I believe, like a construction worker or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Carlos was so confident in his talent that not only he would daydream about recording an album, but he would also take every opportunity to showcase his voice. He would sing in community events for free and loved the attention and admiration that he got from the public. I bet, like, everybody sees a like mariachi band, you cannot look away. Imagine if there's a kid. <gasps> yeah, and he had, um, there's videos of him singing at school. He had, like, a way with the camera, like, to draw oh, the like camera into him. Like, had a presence. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His mother saved enough money to buy him a guitar, and he was over the moon with that. Carlos's routine ba basically consisted of going to school and then practicing at home when he came back after helping with the chores. He studied at a public school called Los Pinos, where he would sometimes sing at school events. Yeah. Uh, so, again, th this case is very sad, not covered enough, and there isn't mm -hmm. a lot of information on his background. So we're just going to jump into the mm -hmm. nitty-gritty right now. Um, on August 15, 2013, uh, Carlos got up, took a shower, and got ready for school. The night before that, according to his mom, he was acting a bit strange. He fell asleep on her bed, and when she woke him up, he seemed a bit disoriented before he went to his own uh, room. Uh, Maria, his mom, observed as her son got ready for school and noticed that he was wearing his sneakers instead of the required shoes according to the school dress code. I don't know if that's how it is in uh, Colombia, but at least in Brazil, public schools, you have to wear a uniform a, a lot. Well, all the pretty yeah, much all the schools in Brazil, standards. you have to wear a uniform. And a lot of them um, require that you wear specific shoes. Uh, like my cousin went to a military school and she could only wear white or black sneakers. She couldn't wear like pink or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, usually it's like that, like nothing that really stands out. Like if you're going to wear something that's out of the uniform, like jeans or something, like it's neutral colors, that kind of thing. Yeah. So usually, yeah. But I mean, uh, uniform shoes, probably not sneakers, probably like a, like a non-canvas like shoe shoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Yeah, that's what probably was. 
so when she pointed out that like he was wearing sneakers she was like why are you wearing sneakers he was like oh it's okay i have a soccer match today so i'm gonna wear my sneakers because i'm gonna need them for the soccer match and she was like all right cool so him and his sister walked to school and carlos was not allowed into the building because he was wearing the wrong shoes mm. so, so like the security guard or whoever was like yeah no go back home and get your right shoes And as he walked away, Carol, his sister, saw him get close to a girl, and then she never saw him again. So what happened next, listeners? What do you think happened? Carol, don't read. What do you think happened? Close your eyes. I think that the girl was Megan Fox, like in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he, she took him down to the sewers to meet with all the Ninja Turtles. And that's where he is, fighting crime in New York City. Or whatever the Ninja Turtles are. Well, that, that happened. That sounds exactly like what happened. Okay. All right. Is it really? Hmm? Is it? Is that what happened? It is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Keep reading. You'll see. <laughs> On the same morning, Maria said that she started feeling sick at around 8 a.m. It was almost as if she knew that something bad had happened. At 1 p.m., Carol came back. Carol came back home by herself, which was very unusual. She told her mom that her brother hadn't walked into school, that she had seen him with a girl and didn't see him, him again. Carlos's family desperately looked for him. They went around the neighborhood to hospitals day and night looking for him in spite of the fog, the fog that had covered the city. Maria even spoke to a a girl who allegedly was the last person to see him with no luck. A boy approached Carol and her mother on the street and told him, told them that uh, he had seen Carlos with two boys on the day he disappeared. Maria called one of them, his name was Francisco, and asked him if he had seen Carlos. The boy had to- the boy told her that he hadn't seen or spoke to Carlos recently. So what do you think happens now? Dude, oh. Don't read. Mm, not reading. I'm not reading. Um, Carlos was approached by a talent, talent, talent agency, right? A guy mm-hmm. that saw him playing, and he was like, "Yeah, oh, wanted him to." You have amazing talent, and I want to take you to Hollywood, but you can't talk to your parents. You can't see your parents ever again. Are you okay with that? We trade your family for ta- for fame. Yes, and then he became uh, the movie Coco. Oh my God, he wrote the movie Coco. That's what that is. Yeah, he's going by a different name now. Yeah, he goes by a different name. He's very famous in Hollywood. His Mm -hmm. family is all here in the U.S. Yeah, remember me. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I cried so much watching that movie. Jeez. So I never cried so so ugly. I'll be crying, but. My nephew loves that movie. I've never seen the whole movie with him. I don't know. I, I'm like, can we just switch to Moana? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Carlos's older sister, Jenny, was the one to find him. With two neighbors and two relatives by her side, she walked towards a nearby mountain on August 23rd at around 3.30 p.m. They walked and walked and walked, eventually reaching an area where the army trained. It was like a very isolated area. A few minutes later, 
she saw like a track of black humid dirt and there were fresh footprints on the dirt and one of them came from a shoe uh, by the brand venus and the other one she couldn't really recognize about this she said it was like my brother was guiding me i don't fear the dead but on that day a chill came up my spine dude can you imagine uh the group then came upon a grave and started removing the dirt and rocks searching for whatever was underneath it Jenny said that she started screaming, they killed my boy, they killed my boy, they killed my mm-hmm. boy, even though she hadn't really seen him yet. It was like something told her that he was there. And within a few minutes of digging, the group saw part of his face and his school uniform. But who could have done such a thing to Carlos and why? Police were called and soon the crime scene investigators were on site trying to make sense of everything what a nightmare i feel like i say that every single episode like what a nightmare but like every single one of these cases is like my worst nightmare <gasps> yeah <sighs> no having someone from your family missing is fucking awful and like yeah. it, in one of the interviews she is walking around the like the s- site like the mountainside mm. and she was like i was screaming carlos carlos come come home mommy's really mad at you she's gonna be really mad at you you need to come home now you know? Soon, rumors started spreading around the neighborhood as to the true facts of the boy's murder. A teenager named Alvaro Lumbana Garzon, was 18 years old, was arrested a week after the body was found. A second one, Francisco Reyes, who had been cited as being both 16 and 17, turned himself in. Both of them went to the same school as Carlos, and they weren't necessarily friends, but they talked Every now and then. Carlos's family didn't know much about the boys other than Francisco's mother had passed away. And since then, he hung out in the neighborhood a little more often. Jenny says that her brother talked more with Francisco than Alvaro. And you know what's f- fucked about this? Like, you, th- what really shows you, like, that these kids didn't, didn't feel sorry about this at all? One, um... The mom called Francisco, and he was like, oh, no, I haven't seen him. And two, uh, one of the other sisters of Carlos, Esmeralda, who also went to the same school. He was the Mm -hmm. only boy. It was three girls and one boy. No, Mm -hmm. four girls and one boy. Um, She went to the same school as them, and she said that she saw them, like, the next day. And they were acting normal. And she was like, oh, have you seen my brother around? And they're like, no, we haven't seen him. Mm -hmm. Like, completely cool as cucumbers as if nothing had happened so although alvaro denied his involvement with the murder francisco spilled the beans like really quickly (laughs) it's always one right yeah he turned himself in he was spilling the beans uh carlos carlos's family found out through the media that the motive of the crime was jealousy over a girl now here's where it gets a little we don't really know her name because she was a minor. Uh, we only know Francisco's name because of one, oh, two sources. Um, one is like a, one of the articles and the other one is uh, the mom. She, she does mention the, uh, his name, but she doesn't mention the girl's name. Anyway, uh, but different sources put this girl anywhere between 14 and six years of, 16 years of age. Some even say that she was 12. So I don't know. I, I don't yeah. think she was 12. Yeah. I would like to believe she was between 14 and 16. <laughs> There's also a discrepancy as to which of the two 
boys was in fact in a relationship with her like one source mm-hmm. says it was alvaro the other says it was francisco some sources say it was both of them i don't fucking know but according to testimony carlos was in love with this girl and to win her heart uh he tr- gave her like flowers and he like would say like cheesy pickup lines Aww. and she was allegedly very very much annoyed by his public displays of affection and allegedly orchestrated a crime with the other two boys a week before it happened and his sister uh carol she actually says that a lot of girls in school gave him a lot of attention and he liked that so like she she didn't didn't make sense to her that he would be all over this girl because he had a lot of girls that were after him but when you're a teenager you always want the yeah kid you that want doesn't the specific like one yeah and also like it's more exciting to go after someone who kind of doesn't want you and try to win them over it's like not the easy way to have someone that wants you you know i guess like that's a way to rationalize that but even then you don't kill someone just because they're a little annoying right you wait two months until the crush is gone yeah because right? like when you're 14, it's high school you're in love with a new person every day yeah right <laughs> so. yeah when Carlos was turned away at school, she approached him and told him to follow her so she could, uh, so that she could introduce him to a girlfriend of hers. They walked to La Pena Sanctuary in the nearby mountains. Upon arriving there, they encountered Alvaro and Francisco, who proceeded to stab the boy in the back. I'll save my comments for later. According to the testimony, as they stabbed him, the girl yelled, Kill him! Kill him! That man has already annoyed me. Th- that is, sounds too much like a telenovela. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that man has annoyed me! Kill him! Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. Mm. Especially when you say it in Spanish. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Francisco also stated that he wanted to. Re- he wanted uh, revenge on Carlos because he had stolen their girl and also had won against him uh, in a game. Carlos was stabbed at least 15 times. He was still alive when they dragged his body to a shallow grave and covered him with rocks. Yeah. And like, this is like the most heartbreaking part about the little mini docuseries with his family because his mom visits well at least at the time she visited his uh grave site like the site of the murder at least twice a week and there were still rocks that were stained with his blood and she was like oh my boy lay here for nine days nine days or eight days um and like i was looking for him and i couldn't find him because they don't really know exactly when he died they know that he was still mm-hmm. alive when he was buried, but God knows how long he like lay under the rocks before he died. Yeah, and upon hearing the details of the crime, Carlos's father Julio collapsed, and he had to be taken to an urgent care facility. I believe he had a heart attack, or like a minor heart attack. Uh, no, the boys no. faced up to 40 years in prison for their role in the murder, whereas the unidentified girl could get a sentence of up to eight years. Although one source, uh, one of the sources did mention that Francisco would be sent to a juvenile facility for seven years instead mm-hmm. of going to prison. The girl's mother, 
uh, works as a maid, and she swore up and down that her daughter was innocent and that she had been tricked by the boys into taking part in the crime and, like, it wasn't her fault and blah, blah, blah. And there's a source that claimed the boys planned the murder and simply used her to lure Carlos out. The colonel Efrain Gutierrez also worked under the assumption that the boys were jealous of Carlos because he was popular at school, mm. not necessarily because of the girl. Mm. Maria did not believe the whole jealousy over a girl story. She was under the impression that her son was killed because he knew how to sing well. He had a computer and he, auto he already knew how to drive, which spiked a lot of jealousy in his peers. Yeah. Yeah. The girl initially testified as a witness to the crime before the two boys turned on her. About the crime, Maria said, quote, What they did to my son can't even be forgiven by God. We are a family with endless suffering now. My husband is sick, my relatives depressed, and I don't even know how I'm standing up straight. They, the people responsible for me not having my son, are arrested, but this doesn't do anything for me. I'll have to wait until I'm dead to see him again. Hmm. Oh my god. Oh. My heart is in shambles. That's it. Yeah. I'm never smiling again. Carlos loved writing songs to honor his mother. And here are some of the lyrics that he wrote for her. Jeez. Today, I'll give you all my gratitude for everything that you have done for me, my great woman. Because one like you, I'll never find. That's why I adore you. That's why I adore you. You great woman. This song specifically. So his mom found out later on. There's a, a mariachi singer in Colombia. His name is Tito. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot his last name. But Carlos knew him. Like they knew each other. And this guy was finally going to record the song. Oh. So that's why he was so ecstatic. Like the night before mm -hmm. he was murdered. Because mm -hmm. he was Jeez. supposed to tell his mom like that afternoon that the guy was going to record the song. <sighs> and he did record the song. Um, yeah. So the last little bit that we have here is that uh, reporters from Testigo Directo tried reaching out to the school principal to ask about uh, Carlos being turned away. And they were told that she wasn't present at school. She couldn't give a comment. <laughs> Unfortunately, the last update that I've been able to get from this case happened in December of 2013. And it stated that one of the accused was supposed to be sentenced on December 18th of that year. So if you're from Colombia, please let us know if you have anything more recent about this case. I don't know if it's because my like geotags or whatever, but I tried to go incognito and I couldn't find anything else. And like the, I only found like two or three videos on YouTube. They're all from 2013 mm -hmm. about this case. So I'm I really intrigued. Forgot. I want to know if, cause like it's been seven years pretty yeah. much. So the girl would already be out. And yeah. one of them, one of the boys, supposedly. Hmm. So what happened? I want to know. Hmm. What do you think happened, Carol? I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, grasp how this would happen. Because it seems to me kind of a jump. Also, because, like, the story starts in a way that the murder wouldn't be planned. Because it was an odd thing for him not to wear the sneaker to school. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if exactly. it, like, how would I have known that he was going to wear the sneakers? You know, but also and he was going to be turned away. That he was going to be turned away. If, yeah, yeah we don't but know also if that was like a thing. It's possible that they 
that he said that he was gonna have a game and that's yeah. why he was wearing the sneakers is it possible that they're like you know come with the sneakers we're gonna have a game with you right and hmm. he knows they, they know knowing that he was gonna be turned away and that's a way to set up the thing that's true yeah that so, makes sense yeah actually. that makes sense because like he knew the boys it wasn't like yeah. he had never talked to them it's yeah. just they weren't like besties yeah but it just seems like such an odd story like how would jealousy like they must have really hated that kid you know like i just can't because i've hated kids that studied with me like you know growing up but i never wanted to kill anyone never got that bad you know i almost feel like it's one of those cases we've seen this before i'm obviously not going to remember any of the names of the cases right now but we've seen uh instances where teenagers wanted to kill people just to see what it was like yeah and then he was the the target he was like an easy prey and being a popular kid that's interesting like that he was super popular and stuff and Mm -hmm. you hate I mean, I get that, but usually, like, these kids that, like, everyone likes, everyone likes, and they're friendly with everyone. Like, that's the impression I have, like, yeah, you know. And that's so. the impression that I got from uh, the testimony about him, that he mm-hmm. was, like, very well-liked. He didn't really have any enemies mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, maybe that's why they were so. bitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope that, because, uh, again, we're not Colombian, so we don't really know mm-hmm. how the justice system works there but i hope that there was an actual investigation done yeah. on this instead of just scapegoating mm-hmm. instead of just like yeah this you is know? what we think happens because yeah. yeah i'm just very kind of like blank on what's the responsibility of like the girl you know like was she actually there because yeah because exactly. she's the the carol saw him talking to a girl was that the same girl it was it was um, and, oh, okay. like the mom talked to her she was okay. like oh have you seen my son and the girl was like no i haven't seen him because mm-hmm. that could sound like the truth but also kind of like a story that you make up yeah out of like the little exactly. facts that you have you know like we have the girl exactly. we have the, where he, where he was found so how do we connect these two things and one of the sources said that like the girl was supposed to take him to a specific point in the mountain but she was taking too long so the mm-hmm. boys like started to go down the mountain and then they saw them coming up and they're mm-hmm. like oh let's wait so we can stab him mm-hmm. so i don't know mm-hmm. tell us I'll, what you yeah. think happened yeah please tell us i would love to know if that if, if it was his character kind of like to not go to school or like to f- pretend that he's going to school or not and not I go. don't think it was because his mom said that like when uh, Carol came back and she was she was alone and she was like oh yeah he didn't go into school his mom was like what the fuck do you mean he didn't go into school mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know I don't think it was in his character to do that he seemed mm-hmm. like a good boy yeah yeah that was an interesting case. Yeah, that was really interesting. Although there's so many questions. Yeah. We used to find so much to talk about. Yeah, these things. Did you listen? Since Carol wants to chit chat, did Uh you watch the debate? Of course I watched the debate. I. Did you watch the debate? We are doomed. 
Stephanie. Um, we are so fucked. Um, I am, uh, I'm just so glad that I uh, put myself in debt, in a tremendous <laughs> debt at this point of my life <laughs> with uh, a global pandemic going on and a maniac possibly uh, going to rule this country for another four years because I've lost faith in our system. I told someone today, I was like, I I feel like I don't even care anymore because it feels like the world's going to end in 10 years anyways, you know? So, yeah. like, who cares? I mean, that's you what know? I hope. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not going to end in 10 years, but, like, it feels, that's what it feels like. It feels like it's, like, just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's just, yeah, it, it, it's just, like, watching the debate was, like, watching, like, a whole train wreck. It was just, like, I I just couldn't believe, you know, like. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, like, that's what I've been saying for the past four years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you know what? Whatever it is, we'll, we'll power through this. Yeah, we will so. power through. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say what my grandma used to say. God does not give you a cross that you can't bear. So <laughs> let's, let's hope that we can bear this cross. Let's hope the fuck so. Honestly. Otherwise, we're fucked. Um, what else? Uh, how is the, how is the quarantine where you live, Carol? What, what quarantine? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm feeling right now with Governor Baker lowering the, um, he lowered the standards. Oh, he lowered the like... standards. Florida has reopened hundred percent. No standards, no more. No, but he you don't need to wear a mask for like low risk areas or some bullshit like Jeez. that. I was like, mm, I don't think that's a good idea, sir. No, no, no. no. Disney is laying you off. Did you see that piece of news? They are firing 28,000 people. I saw that. 28,000. They, a bunch of people. That is so unfair. 28,000 people that so already unfair. make like minimum wage, you know? Yeah. It's like, all right, how many people that weren't making enough money to begin uh, with? Yes. And the impression I had was like, they just held on to like as many people as they needed to like power through summer. And now that we don't need that anymore, now that high season's over, just fire. Just fire them. It it rang uh, bells like Sephora. Yes. (laughs) Mass firing people over the phone, you know? As I mean, someone who has worked for Sephora, that does not surprise me at all. I'm uh, just going to say this. Like, brands are not your friends, period. Brands are not your friends. You can see any type of, like, fun commercial with people saying how much they love to work there. Oh my God, Disney is the best is company. Lie. Brands are not your friends. Companies are not your friends. I'm sorry. Listen. More and more, we're seeing that. You should be very suspicious of companies because I know when I was... uh looking for a job job hunting a lot of companies would be like we have free beer every friday and we have free snacks and this and that and i'm like why are you trying to keep me in the building for longer than (laughs) my designated hours we have tons of benefits like a foosball table exactly (laughs) We, we have games we have free cereal free beer and i'm like i don't want your shitty ass cereal or your disgusting beer I, I'm, I'm fine leaving at three so I can go get a beer with my friends yeah. at the bar. Thank you. Like, <laughs> How about you give yeah, me so money so I can buy a beer? That. Yeah. Jeez. Like, Jeez. Or when they're like, um, 
we really we have this here because we really value work-life balance bitch if you value work-life balance why are you trying to get me in this building <laughs> let no, me but go you see you see work and is my life, life. It is life. Yeah, it is your life. It is, is your life. value. It's why you're here on this earth. It's to work, isn't it? So just shut up exactly. and eat some cereal. You know, I saw someone saying that the um, that quarantine is going to be very negative to a lot of people because companies have, uh, they're realizing that a lot of people are remote, which is good for some people who, mm -hmm. you know, have to take public transportation and all of that. But companies are probably going to st like start opening new positions remote positions that have a lower salary yes <laughs> and shittier benefits yes because th now they see that it works like why would i pay you 20 dollars an hour to be in, in an office if mm -hmm. i can pay you 15 dollars an hour to be at your home using your computer your internet and your electricity <laughs> yeah yeah capitalism my friends um i will do some shout outs i might mm -hmm. be shouting out people that i've already shouted shouted <laughs> shouted out uh, don't me to uh, sing it this time because you you're you're singing on the other podcast please sing shout 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 Let so it we have so satious justine fernanda jr maggie monica Joey, Fruit you. Loops podcast. Come on, uh, Fruit Loops. Pano, I'm yeah. talking to you. <laughs> Marcos, Mel, Louisa, <laughs> Jaime, Ana Flavia, Shout. Savannah, Shout. Julia, Valeria, Liliana, Anna Maria, Guilherme, Melanie, Camila, and Melissa. I might have missed. Oh, and Bianca. I might have missed people, but I, 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 I don't write these down. So. <laughs> She's not as organized as I am. I says the person who didn't write any Carol is like i'm just like i don't yeah. feel like i've seen you here before so i'll say your name <laughs> <laughs> so yeah people yes. uh let us know what you thought about the case mm -hmm. uh leave us a five-star review if you want to anything else to add carol before we leave just the thing that i always say <laughs> i hope you guys have a good end of the world man please do <laughs> I really do. Later, ciao, ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao. Yeah.